To those of us in the millennial generation and younger, the word televangelists calls to mind Pat Robertson's wrinkly prune of a face coming on late at night on cable channels, signaling that it was now time to turn off the TV as all entertainment has finished for the day. But in the 70s and 80s, televangelism was a multi-million dollar enterprise and can't miss TV. So where did it all go? Why did the interest in hearing false but charismatic teachers take a nosedive by the time the 90s rolled around? There are several reasons for televangelism's decline, but any discussion of this has to include the names Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. The PTL Television Network presents Jim and Tammy! We've got so much to do today that we want to meet another friend of PTL. Please welcome the Colonel, Colonel Sanders, to PTL. It would have been kinder for these men to assassinate us than to do what they've done to us. I begin to realize how many things that I thought that I should have done that I did not do. And the almighty dollar wasn't really what our wife wanted or our kids wanted. God told us not to defend ourselves, that he's to be our defender. And so, Ted, uh, you know... But things won't change. And you won't change. What a wonderful audience. But one day you're going to shake your fist in God's face and you're going to say, God, why didn't you warn me? And he's going to say, you sat there and you made fun of Jim Baker all those years. I warned you. Hello and welcome to Rotten or Righteous. Today we're going to take a special look at the rise and fall of televangelist Jim Baker. I'm Zach Kyler. In 1966, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, a husband and wife evangelistic team, began working at Pat Robertson's Christian Broadcasting Network, and the two worked together to grow CBN's audience. The duo's pitch was simple. Jim preached and Tammy Faye sang. Jim was on the front line of the doctrine of health and wealth, preaching to thousands of Americans through their televisions that if you were faithful enough, you wouldn't be poor. Tammy Faye wore too much face makeup, played with puppets, and sang like a bad Vegas act. But this is apparently what people wanted, and thousands would tune in every time Jim was on just to hear him spew his health and wealth perversion of the Bible and feel all warm inside when the preacher would sign off with his famous line, God loves you. He really, really does. Soon Baker became so popular that Robertson put him in charge of a new primetime talk show, one that you may have heard of, The 700 Club. In 1974, the Bakers struck out on their own. 
and launched a network called Praise the Lord, or PTL. The network was a hit and quickly surpassed CBN's audience. Over time, the Beggar's ministry expanded into the world of theme parks, of all things. But they opened a Bible-themed amusement park called Heritage USA, which opened in 1978, and at its peak, it was the third most successful theme park in the United States, only behind Disneyland and Walt Disney World. During this time, PTL was receiving over $1 million a week in contributions from its huge audience of viewers. When asked about what he was doing, and whether or not he believed it was Christian, Baker said, quote, I believe that if Jesus were alive today, he would be on TV. In 1979, Jim Baker was brought under investigation by the FCC for the first time. It was in regards to misusing church contributions. The finalized report in 1982 found that Baker had raised $350,000 that he said was going to ministries overseas. In reality, Jim was using it to fund his theme park, Heritage USA. But the FCC decided to drop the investigation, and Baker sold PTL ensuring that he was no longer under the watchful eye of the FCC personally. In 1985, the IRS discovered that in just three years, between 1980 and 1983, the Bakers had used $1.3 million of church funds personally. And the IRS recommended that PTL's tax-exempt status be removed. Further, at this time, Jim was selling lifetime passes to a Heritage USA hotel he was trying to build, the unimaginatively named Heritage Grand Hotel. The problem was, he was overselling these memberships, taking money on the promise of a luxurious stay at Heritage USA, a promise that he would never be able to fulfill. In spite of all this, no legal action was taken until 1987, when the Baker Empire quickly came crashing down. On March 19, 1987, news broke that Jim Baker and fellow PTL host John Wesley Fletcher paid Jessica Hahn $279,000 in hush money. They were trying to cover up that Baker and Fletcher drugged and raped Mrs. Hahn, and she was paid off directly from the PTL coffers. In an effort to save his own skin, Fletcher accused Jim Baker of engaging in homosexual acts which, unfortunately, was what seemed really to shock the evangelicals in his audience. No, not the drugging and rape of an innocent woman, but the fact that Jim Baker might have been gay was just too scandalous. Baker didn't deny that he slept with Han, but he denied under oath that he raped her, as well as denying the homosexual allegations. Following the scandal, Jim Baker resigned and chose Jerry Falwell as his replacement. This was surprising because... Baker was a minister of the Assemblies of Christ and Falwell was a Baptist, but Jim chose Falwell because he feared that other Assemblies of Christ preachers would attempt to steal his ministry. Baker believed that Falwell would temporarily lead PTL until the scandals died down and then he would be welcomed back to his congregation with open arms. But Falwell was unable to right the ship, and in October of 1987, PTL shut its doors and declared bankruptcy. As far as Falwell doing Jim a favor by taking over PTO with the intention of reinstating Baker down the line, well, PTO closed down before we could see if Falwell's intentions really were so noble. 
But some of Jerry's quotes can let us make an educated guess about how he really felt about the disgraced televangelist. In an interview following PTL's bankruptcy, Jerry Falwell called Jim Baker a liar, an embezzler, a sexual deviant, and, quote, the greatest scab and cancer on the face of Christianity in 2,000 years of church history. Jim Baker's scandal is believed to have a direct impact on the sharp decline in the popularity of televangelism going into the late 80s and 90s. In 1989, Jim Baker was indicted on eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy. In early October 1989, Baker was sentenced to 45 years in prison and ordered to pay a $500,000 fine, but that's not the end of Jim's story. In 1992, Jim Baker's sentence was reduced to eight years, and the fine was voided. Why? Well, the United States Courts of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit overruled the original sentence on the grounds that there was a violation of separation of church and state by the judge in 1989. Judge Potter of North Carolina, who sentenced Baker to 45 years in 1989, said during the sentencing hearing, quote, those of us who do have a religion, are sick of being saps for money-grubbing preachers and priests. This was seen by the Fourth Circuit as the judge injecting his religious beliefs into Baker's sentence. Jim Baker was paroled in 1994. As for Tammy Faye, she divorced Jim in 1992 and went on to find modest success writing books and making public appearances. In March of 2004, Faye announced on Larry King Live that she had inoperable breast cancer. After chemo failed to work, Tammy Faye passed away on July 20, 2007 at her home in Missouri with her second husband, Roe Mesner, by her side. She was 65 years old. And I know you're just holding your breath right now, just hoping that life is just and Jim Baker got terrible lockjaw and has been living under an overpass ever since his release from prison. But the world is clearly not fair or just, and everything is pretty much terrible. In 2007, Baker began a new television program called The Jim Baker Show. And he hosts this with his second wife, Lori Beth Graham. It is moderately successful, which I can only guess is because elderly people have nothing better to do than watch a maybe rapist and definite adulterer talk nonsense every day. To his credit, Jim has renounced his views on the doctrine of health and wealth and instead adopted the equally asinine apocalypticism, which is a religious movement that believes that the end of the world is imminent. His show can now be described as a religious survivalist program, complete with Baker selling his overpriced, freeze-dried food to help his viewers prepare for the end of days. In other words, as the publication Christian Today pointed out, Jim Baker's show now preys on the most vulnerable kinds of people and has no place on TV screens. Oh, and I almost forgot. Jim Baker claims that he talks to God now and a usual segment on his show is devoted to giving airtime to other liars, I mean, prophets. And to be fair, maybe Jim Baker does hear voices in his head, and maybe Jim believes that those voices are the voice of God. But I can't help but think that some of his visions seem a little off. For example, he once said that, quote, God came to him in a dream, and God was wearing camouflage a hunting vest, and had an AR-15 strapped on his back. 
Like I said, it is possible that Jim Baker does hear voices in his head, but what he calls prophecy may just be what we call schizophrenia. Now, if Jim Baker was honest, his business card would have a list of titles. Televangelist, liar, ex-con, embezzler, fraudster, doomsday prepper, alleged rapist, prophet, and most recently, snake oil salesman. In late 2019 to early 2020, Baker began selling collodial silver supplements that he claimed was a cure-all. Can you think of something that we would want cured in 2019, early 2020? Yeah, that's right. He said that his silver supplement could eliminate strains of the coronavirus. By March of 2020, New York's Attorney General ordered Baker to stop making unproven and erroneous claims regarding his silver supplement. Soon, the FTC and the FDA warned that legal action could be taken if Baker kept saying that his silver snake oil would kill the novel virus. But the feds had to wait in line, because before you could say Jim Baker is so full of excrement that his eyes are brown, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge filed lawsuits against Baker for claiming the supplement was a cure-all. In May of 2020, Jim's second wife, Lori Baker, claimed that the lawsuits had caused the false prophet to suffer a stroke. Thankfully, this resulted in a brief respite for the fear-mongering orator. Unfortunately, Jim made his comeback on July 8th of 2020, two months to the day of his medical incident. Finally, on June 23, 2021, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt announced that the state and Baker had settled their lawsuit. Jim Baker and his ministry were prohibited from saying their silver solution could diagnose, prevent, mitigate, treat, or cure any disease or illness, and Jim was ordered to pay $157,000 in restitution to those who purchased the fake cure. Now, I would like to tell you that Jim Baker has come to his senses that he reported his crimes and has left public life to live in anonymity, watching Alex Jones and living off of unsold freeze-dried rations. I would like to tell you that, but unlike Jim Baker, I am not a liar. The truth is, Jim still runs his religious doomsday prepper television show. He still claims that God talks to him, and he will likely keep doing that until the day he dies. Oh, and if you're interested... Jim Baker's Morningstar Ministry is looking to sell partnerships to finish Heritage Towers, which is the new name given to the same unfinished hotel that he oversold in the 80s for Heritage USA. But if you ask me, it's probably a bad investment. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with our review of The Eyes of Tammy Faye. But until then, good night, everybody.